0: Three, two, one. Dur Plunt. Hi, everybody. This is Sardonicus. I'm Adam from Your Movie Sex.
1: Um, youtubecom slash Maker. Hmm. And
2: I'm Alex from IHE. And I'm, I'm sorry. Your Dur plant. It was in you my back that. pocket. I I was uh right right as we were I'm starting surprised. To record, it took I this was long like, to oh, nice. shit.
0: I gotta remember <laughs> yeah. to do an intro today, and I looked and <laughs> "der plant" was written there somewhere. And yeah, you, know, you could do, you could do like the full uh,
2: commitment to it. Like, Me, no, isn't You do it.
0: Der plant.
2: There we go. Oh, I like your the way you say "plant." In well, the well, it's not the same bad. meme. If I
0: say "der plant," it's not that's not the meme. It's der plant. True. Plant. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the same. I'm not doing it, but yeah, I like your version. <laughs> oh, thank honest. you. Uh. So I guess uh, last last episode, uh, we had a discussion about Tenet, but I hadn't seen it. And then two days after we recorded uh, the previous episode, I uh, refreshed the page for the uh, drive-in theater that, uh, you know, is was a bit of a drive away, but uh, it was pretty much the only place that would be accessible for me to watch Tenet. And I saw it. It mm-hmm. um, turns out that they were cool. starting to play it uh, sooner than... I was kind of expecting. I mean, it. You know, if if, if it wasn't going to play opening weekend, I'm surprised they got it within like a month. It's only been like a month, right?
1: Yeah. So that's yeah. cool. I, yeah. I have a friend who saw a drive-in. Yeah. And he thought the experience was fine. Like he he yeah. enjoyed it, just fine. I have no complaints the
0: about the drive-in. The yeah. FM radio oh, really? uh, audio was actually really clean and like crisp. Like there wasn't. It didn't feel like radio staticky or anything. It was like really. It was like good quality audio. And also, yeah. I had my own volume adjustment, you know. Brought my own snacks, even Sounds though you're nice, not allowed actually, to. Yeah. But who's going to really give a shit? Just had a, a can of Pringles in my in my uh, cup holder, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, it, snuck it was. Didn't have to worry about uh, COVID shit. I'm in my own car. It was very nice. That is nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, the movie sucked, though. It wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, yeah it you love it. Eh? <laughs> it <sucked. laughs> I mean, okay, so if we're going to talk about like I I I'm just going to give my rating right now. I'm giving it a reluctant 5 out of 10. As in there there's reluctant. Yeah. As in I if we're talking about my experience watching the film and that alone it would be lower than a 5 out of 10. But if I'm trying to <laughs> hmm. give credit to things as in like okay, fine. Sort you know try to be fair Then I guess it's a 5 out of 10 movie for me It was okay. it was uh, a bunch of bullshit It was it I could not <laughs> I could not stand it, it was... <laughs> It's very Christopher Nolan-y It uh-huh. is It seems yeah, like yeah. beforehand you're like Oh god all this
1: Christopher Nolan stuff
0: is <laughs> Yeah and, and so I remember you Ralph uh, Saying that part of what you liked about it Was that it didn't really Focus on a bunch of other bullshit, and it was just more action oriented like they didn't really care well, as much about did focus on
1: like the the heavy handed emotional parts that mm-hmm. interstellar mm-hmm. did. It was like just an action
0: film mostly okay
1: yeah and i I prefer that
0: yeah, yeah, um, in this
1: film, it works more anyway interstellar it works sometimes, I mean, but that was one of my biggest complaints with that movie, maybe or criticisms of yeah. it i
0: would I would say interstellar handled the emotions worse, but I still would prefer for there to be some sort of emotions in a film. You know, <laughs> the, I, 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 it, I think that what Christopher Nolan was kind of trying to do here, and you might disagree with this, I don't know, but I feel like he was kind of trying to uh, replicate the experience of Inception to some degree. Like, you know, we've got this mm-hmm. crazy idea for, you know, how time operates in a movie and we're going to use that base concept in a way to explore different types of action scenes or different types of scenes in general Mm -hmm. and i I feel like especially keeping inception in mind i I feel like it just really there there are key elements missing in terms of like why inception worked for me and why tenet did not Um, one of the reasons being that there was some sort of personal investment of the characters towards the goals in the film like their their actual motivations whereas in this one it's just like the world's going to end i guess we're doing spoiler talk spoilers everybody for tenant yeah let's um, just say spoilers 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 yeah. so in it. this one it's just like <laughs> See the world's dry, going to end in general um, whereas in Inception, there's a very personal story going on, uh, with Leo DiCaprio and, uh, I guess spoilers for Inception, how he incepts his, his wife, Marion Cotillard and, you know, she kills herself and he has regret because of it. And he wants to see his kids. Like it's, it's more, much more of like a personal investment for the characters in the film, Whereas like what's happening in Tenet is just so fucking vague, especially considering there's no frame of reference at all for what's going to happen to the world. So basically, it's like okay, so if he kills himself, there's something hooked up to this device that I guess he created. I I don't remember exactly how this the the inversion stuff started, but I guess the villain like was a pioneer yeah, well, of this technology. It,
1: it came yeah, it came from the future. Yeah, and he found okay. it in like some some radioactive rubble, right and, and yet, something like that
0: And yet he and every other character every character in the film is confident that that's how it works Even though it's never happened before ever that the entire world would get <laughs> inverted and everybody would die And the, the way they deliver this information is just so fucking cheesy, too with just like uh, We'll see it's some disaster of epic proportions nuclear holocaust worse just like, so, so <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, there's some stuff like that, <laughs> yeah,
1: and that's, and that's what added to like the action movie tone for me. Oh yeah, yeah. like there's, if, there's if so if much of the time, it, the time stuff is really like vague, and I feel like all that stuff is just so because because if the world did end. And like the plan worked, right? Then the whole movie just wouldn't have even happened. Yeah, exactly. Been, and like, they nothing. kind of addressed. So that's that that with like the line that's view. like the point is that it's supposed to be confusing. It's like what is time even? Because all of this is happening like at once. I if don't... you see it, like the beginning, middle, and end of the film are happening like at the same time, right? There's something like mm-hmm. that where like each event like loops back to the beginning of the film. Did so you fully understand
2: everything be. on the first watch or? Yeah, Um, there are
0: parts that are confusing as shit not because they're intricate but because they don't make any fucking sense like the more It's it's not a movie that if you watch more (laughs) times it gets better It makes less and less sense the more you try and understand it like I, I don't care if you have Some sort of way of reversing someone's dialogue for talking like the interrogation scene like conversations don't exactly work in reverse. Like I get it. It's, it's fulfilling its own loop in a way, which is kind of cool. But then there are other points in the film where it's just like, it's not consistent with itself. So if you look at a scene like, um, the John David Washington, that's his name, right? He's like fighting himself.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so the first time we see it in normal time, not inverted, but the other version of himself is inverted. And the scene ends with, The inverted version of himself getting pulled backwards into an explosion and then from the perspective of same character inverted later what winds up happening is he he gets exploded into the scene at the beginning the explosion doesn't make any fucking sense Despite it being a a very obvious plot device for these things to happen not only for him to escape but for him to be there in the first place because the explosion wasn't inverted the plane was happening The plane was a normal plane that wasn't inverted so the explosion would not would not propel him forward Before the explosion started that doesn't make any fucking sense that makes zero sense. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the more the you try... The
2: plane crashes into the hangar and it looks ridiculously cool. <laughs> but, That's what they are seeing, here's And they're, the and they're playing thing. the... I get that. <laughs> no, I totally <laughs> get that. <laughs> <laughs> that.
0: That, like, it's so convoluted and, and confusing that yeah. it's impossible to try and, like... To, to think about the movie as it's happening, you're not going to be able to keep up. And I think that's kind of the no. point in a way, because like the more confusing and fast it is, the less that you're able to process anything that's happening. But then at that point, mm-hmm. it's like, why Why does it even have rules? Why Why isn't it like a comedy parody? Because this felt like a parody film of a Nolan movie. It really did. But it takes itself a, a bit too seriously for me to be like, oh, okay, so that's like self-aware sort of thing. It takes itself a little bit too seriously. And, and although I fully empathize with the whole like, oh yeah, it... These things are incredibly stupid, but it's what we're getting out of it is well worth the stupidity. I didn't get that much out of it. Mm. So like if we're watching really the yeah, I I didn't I I wasn't like invested in any of the fight scenes or anything really. Mm. (laughs) So like if we're watching the, the scene where he's like fighting himself like the past version of himself like nothing about how it's filmed feels like cool to me. There's no mystery as to how they shot it. Like, obviously, there's some shots that are reversed and some shots that aren't. It wasn't, like, super impressive. It's just like, okay, if you storyboard it, it's fine. There's parts of it that look I so think fucking goofy. Like yeah, I the, thought the
2: choreography was really good.
0: Yeah. Oh man. And I, the fact I, that I they couldn't... did
1: have to reverse the footage too, and it's like completely seamless. Like which shots are reversed and which aren't, or at least it was for me while watching the movie. It's all like camera tricks, like really basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just looks really cool, like in the context of the story.
0: I, I didn't <laughs> like find it cars to look cool. crashing in reverse. I found yeah. I found much of it to look so fucking goofy. Like when he's like crawling backwards towards him on his back that one shot just feels so fucking awkward
2: well this is <laughs> okay. why i want to see it again because i mean it's been weeks at this point so I'm trying to even remember details like that is difficult
0: oh yeah well um, I,
2: I, yeah I, I was under yeah. the impression i'd like it more on a rewatch because i'd kind of anticipate what was coming a bit more but
0: it's it's like i i don't know it's just it feels so fucking goofy I can't get behind it. And, you know, I would care more about the fight scenes going on if I was invested in the characters or the stakes of the characters. I think that it's that's its biggest flaw. And I want to make that clear because every time I talk about, you know, logical inconsistencies in a film, people, there are people that sometimes think that that's the only thing preventing me from enjoying it when that's not the case. Mm-hmm. It's it's the fact that there was there weren't any real stakes because everything has already happened anyway um there weren't any real stakes because we we don't have any any point of reference for what would supposedly happen at the end of the movie like we don't even get a small version of that in inception like you got versions of what would potentially happen so like they show you a tiny bit of like oh this bad thing can happen even as they're explaining the exposition in inception you're getting like visual accompaniment When he's with Ellen Page and then the buildings start moving or when he's with Ellen Page explaining shit and like, oh, the impossible staircase paradox or whatever. Or like the people that realize that you're in their dream and they try to fight you or whatever. Like everything had some sort of attachment for the audience for you, for people to be able to be like, oh, so this is what's at stake. This is what can happen. Whereas in Tenet, we didn't get any of that. It was like, oh, um, don't touch yourself because you'll get disintegrated (laughs) and we don't see any version of that. Oh, the world's going to get inverted and, and destroy itself somehow. We don't see any version of that. It's all just like mumbo jumbo. That's being made up and bullshit, (laughs) bullshit. As the film (laughs) goes on. And I I just, I couldn't get into it because there's no sense of stakes. There's no sense of character having any personal investment in anything going on. I'm not invested in the characters. I'm not invested in anything that's happening.
2: See, I agree with the characters, but for me it's the this very much reminds me of when we talked about Mission Impossible Fallout, is that mm-hmm. what it was called? Yeah. Where yeah. is that the most recent? Uh, for me, one? I'm I'm very forgiving of movies like that when I just feel like their intent is is based all around these set pieces and these ridiculous sh- action sequences that I am more forgiving with the goofiness and silliness that comes with the espionage. The world's going to end because a nuke's going to go off or because time's going to invert on itself kind of stakes. That's mm-hmm. what I felt Tenet was going for more. Uh, Inception felt more like a a real love passion project thing that he'd been conceptualizing for a long time. This felt more like a love letter to james bond more than anything Mm -hmm. and like those kind of films from his childhood so from that stance i kind of like it i I don't think that's what i said in the last time we talked about it so i don't think it's one of his strongest movies but i think with its intent and the the kind of action hook of it that carries it for me
1: okay Mm -hmm. I enjoy a lot of the technical aspects of it too. Yeah, that too. Like the the cinematography and the music and all that. I thought all that was really well done. And in Nolan's catalog, I think it's one of the best in terms of that stuff, mm-hmm. how it's shot and and
0: all that. I feel like I could be closer towards your perspectives on this if a third of the movie wasn't like exposition, walking and talking with cool music. That's <laughs> that's a that's a lot. Of, there's like eight walking and talking exposition scenes, right? (laughs) That's another Nolan. It's also an action movie. (laughs) He always does. If the implication is that we're not supposed to be worried about any of the, how the universe works or any of the rules or anything, if that's the implication, the film isn't really doing a great job at communicating that with just how many exposition scenes there are of them just explaining shit that they don't even consistently follow through on, (laughs) right? And, And what I really, really want both of you to do next time you watch this is watch those walking and talking scenes and and imagine as you're watching them that there wasn't music there. It becomes so fucking goofy and stupid. Just imagine for a second that the music isn't there as, like, a Band-Aid to help it. <laughs> and it, it gets oh, yeah. so
2: fucking dumb. <laughs> uh, this is a thing. I noticed all of these Nolanisms, but... I don't know why it doesn't bother me more. I genuinely think it is because of the setting and the tone. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's because the experience I altogether. Could... I think yeah, with and, the music yeah. and
1: the and the IMAX and all that, Like mm-hmm. it makes it so much more digestible and you're just so much more into it. And his world, this like weird world he's constructed in this yeah. movie.
0: I would like to get into the
1: world, but... Yeah, I get your perspective too. I mean, a lot of people share <laughs> that they, they think the Nolanisms are annoying. At times, I think they're annoying. I I,
0: yeah. I I can get more into a world that's consistent with itself. You know? Like, when, when it shows him getting to the fight scene of himself the second time, when it shows him getting there, and the, ex- the reverse, from his perspective, reversed, but it's actually in real time because he's inverted, the explosion happens. And in his perspective, after the explosion, there's, like, debris from the explosion flying at him, and he gets pushed through the door. So, like if if John David Washington's character was not there at that moment, there would be debris flying backwards from an explosion before it happened, regardless. Like, th- this would be <laughs> some sort of insane statistical anomaly right right there, regardless of whether or not he would have been there. Like, him, him appearing at that scene had nothing to do with the plane exerting force before the explosion away from itself. <laughs> like, they, it's just... <laughs> and it's a plot device too. It's like it's it's a part of the movie that's just like, oh well, this is just so he can escape or get there, you know, both. And so I just I wish that it was more consistent with itself. It's just the more you think about it, it just it doesn't make any sense. I found the entire experience to be just so goofy, so goofy and silly, and my my mouth was open just like in awe just by how ridiculous the whole thing was. It felt like it felt like if it was a better directed Neil Breen film. At, at points for sure. Oh my god. Yeah. It was like just there's so much there's so much nonsense. There's so much nonsense happening in the movie.
2: Why is goofy and silly inherently bad though? does that not fit in with the spy genre kind of tropes?
0: If it's trying to be goofy and silly, yes. And I guess we might have different interpretations on just how yeah, self-aware I don't think it this is. is
1: trying to be goofy, but just because it's like a more serious kind of tone, because it's the world is gonna end, the stakes are high. I don't think it's inherently like not trying to be fun
2: <laughs> you know yeah. i think
1: it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun i think it's trying to be a little over a the little top. campy
2: a bit mm-hmm. i think it's trying to be cool and suave i wish i could yeah. get no, I, 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 I think, think it's it trying to be a, a
1: blockbuster that. i think it's trying to be a summer blockbuster
2: yeah, yeah.
0: i wish i could watch it and i think and it succeeds. feel like what i was watching was super cool and not really stupid <laughs> I, I wish i could <laughs> yeah I there's a just... lot. <laughs> yeah
2: i think this is the risk reward thing of the way he designs his movies around the kind of overwhelming nature of them it's either going to really just click with you on that level or it's going to distract you and just pull you out of the whole project and you've seen the split with this movie like people are kind of torn on it but Mm -hmm. yeah i mean more to liking it for now
0: i was still like interstellar had moments that i thought were incredibly stupid that took down the movie experience as a whole but overall like i i can watch it again there's a a lot of great stuff happening in that movie, not only visually but like character wise. You know, without spoiling yeah. it, like what the shit that happens at the end is like super emotional. Um, and that's that's what I really want out of a movie is to get some sort of like experience from the character and share that experience by watching the movie. But I didn't get that here. And John David Washington, the protagonist, you know, doesn't even have a name. And I mm-hmm. guess like I, I don't. It's so weird because that that seems like it would just belong in a parody film sort of thing but it's not a parody movie. (laughs) And so it's just like, like it feels like conflicting about how self-aware it's trying to be at any given point in time. And I, yeah, sorry to say I I didn't find his acting to be great either. He was very robotic. Um, Not like that was entirely his fault. I don't think the script really gave him much to work off of in that sense. Robert Pattinson was charismatic. He had the most character, I guess, but nobody was really, properly developed or fleshed out or anything like everybody's everybody's just a placeholder everybody's just like a blank slate almost in a sense <sighs> bravo nolan
2: yeah i don't know bro yeah i don't know i'm gonna have to watch it again like i that's what i'm kind of boiling it down to at this rate i can't it's been too long
0: the 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 whole every like reveal of like oh this was happening before sort of thing it just feels like feels like kind of like a cheap sort of like attempt at being clever you know when that's like every single time that's just what it is it's just like oh yeah well (laughs) there were things happening beforehand because people went inverted and you know it fulfilled itself as a time loop sort of thing but it's like it's not that's not really any kind of like clever revelation it's just it's basically just referential it's just referencing itself in a way
2: do you not think it makes the structure of the film a bit more interesting the way it does that the way certain aspects don't make sense until later on and it kind of acts as a payoff in that way
0: I would love this concept as a different movie there's a lot about what happens in this Mm. movie that works so much better on paper than just what I got out of the movie like what it wound up being you know like the like the having on 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 paper like okay he's like fighting himself and one of the other version is going in reverse and he's going in forward right that sounds really cool Mm. on paper Um, but I think there should have been a point where Nolan, I don't know, I I guess a lot of people enjoyed it, but for for my experience, there should have been a point where Nolan was like, okay, this is, this, uh, this is kind of silly in, in how it's being presented. Like the, the entire fight scene, I wasn't really able to be like, oh wow, what's going to happen next? Not only because everything's already happened, but because the entire time the fight scene is taking place, all I'm thinking is just like, wait, who's who's exerting force on who at this moment like <laughs> it's 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 so difficult to comprehend just as like a basic set of actions that i'm supposed to be watching that it it takes away from my experience from just being able to watch it that i can't that that, that it's like so convoluted of just these what what should be really basic things going yeah. on
1: it's really out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the shit that's going. I, on. I, I would have
0: preferred like a smaller scale story, probably. Like this type of concept would work better for like an indie movie or for something more character driven. Like they, there's so many things you could well, do. Well, it is with Primer. Character. It's like a
1: very similar idea. It, it's, it's very like similar to machine. Primer, but different at yeah, the same time. They even go in. They even go in crates and like you know they invert technology like Primer and you know i think both these films work in their own ways that's like a very personal character study made for like seven thousand dollars and it it works but yeah no one took his approach with it which is like a little more uh crazy (laughs) (laughs) fucking buildings blowing up in reverse and then (laughs) yeah Yeah. it Mm -hmm. it was it was awesome uh if you see it in a theater or whatever Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i think i think that it's different enough from primer in concept to justify its existence even if it yeah definitely decide to You know, Mm -hmm. if let's say it didn't Uh decide to be like this huge, you know, boom, boom, pow (laughs) explosions movie.
1: All of his (laughs) movies feel like really original. Like you see where they're inspired by other things, but like Inception's inspired by like The Matrix or or whatever, but they always have like a really original voice, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Mostly he takes from his own movies.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's when it gets annoying. (laughs) It it felt like a parody of a Nolan film (laughs) the entire time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see that.
1: People from the future yeah it, it, it's just people from the future yeah. <laughs> that's that's
0: the answer to everything yeah. you know. i don't i don't know how much more i have to say about it honestly it was just mm-hmm. i could i could yeah. not
3: all <laughs> <You're> right
0: <laughs> well i guess that makes up for me sitting in silence last episode yeah, me rambling a bunch yeah. Here. yeah. All right. i think we got it and i'm giving this one a awesome. five out of ten
1: everybody five out of 10. and alex what'd you give it i think i gave it four stars out of five Cool. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Cool. There so that's like,
3: cool.
0: Yeah. Don't let me prevent you from watching it. No, no, no. Tons of people go really enjoy, enjoy, it, enjoy it, it. Wherever and you I'm, want. I'm a yeah. miserable, snarky asshole. So. <laughs> just turn the sound up. <laughs> yeah. I saw you had like the vocal boost on. I, I, on, like, I took Araya. that picture as kind of a meme. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I watched I, it. I, I the, it, was a uh, jo- it was just a joke. Yeah. 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 I watched I it with it like normal audio settings. And I actually didn't Uh have any difficulty understanding any of the dialogue except for one scene where it looked like really clearly intentional, like you weren't supposed to be able to. Like it was just like like sort of transitionary uh, when they're going into the uh, art gallery installation security place. Like when they're explaining shit there, I don't think we're supposed to be able to hear it. I think it is supposed to be like super loud music, but everything else I was able to hear normally. And I think that's because I Mm -hmm. didn't listen to it in like a big. Big, super huge IMAX sound sort of thing. Yeah, which is yeah. kind of funny because that's how he's <laughs> saying people should watch it, but yeah, like, like that's, I said you that's like worse it. for the sound because you can't <laughs> supposedly can't hear what's what's going on.
1: What's <laughs> <laughs> more immersive? Mm. Um, did you watch this other movie yes. called like that, The Devil All the Time? Yes. The new. I tried Antonio watching like out. a half hour of it. I didn't really, I didn't really get into it. But you guys could talk about it. I'm interested to hear. All right. It's on Netflix.
0: How'd you feel, Alex?
2: I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen people on kind of digging it that much, according to its, like, meta score and all that kind of shit, but I thought it was a really interesting premise explored really well, this premise mm-hmm. being what's in the title of the devil all the time, like putting this virtuous character into relentless systems of never-ending evil and hatred be it like religion and other power structures mm-hmm. it, it goes through a huge cast of characters that all have kind of disparate stories that wind up linking it starts very narrow mm-hmm. goes out wide towards the middle and goes back down to being narrow at the end and yeah i i, I really enjoyed the performances uh the dialogue i thought was really good I, I yeah i just i'm not familiar with the director particularly but it did mm-hmm. make me it did make me want to check out his other stuff. Okay, great. It has some things here and there that I didn't enjoy, but I'm sure we'll get sure. into that.
0: Yeah, spoiler discussion, everybody. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. There's nothing stopping you. Spoiler discussion for the devil all the time. Um, I guess, yeah, at the beginning of the film, so Ralph only watched the first half hour.
2: The Yeah, what made you stop, Ralph? Sorry to interrupt. Sure. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, I just wasn't really,
1: I wasn't really that invested in what was going on, but that might have right. just been me. You know, may, maybe I'll revisit it another time. I
0: understand that. Um, because throughout the first, I would say half of the film, there's a lot going on at once. And it seems like the impression around, yeah. feels like, mm-hmm. okay, they're just trying to do too much shit in one movie. But as it gets to the end, things do tie together. It's like in, in a satisfying way, it's like, okay, that justifies why we know why we were shown so much about this character that justifies this. Um, so yeah. it, it does get linked by the end in the second half of the film things come together in a way where it's like okay i get why you were trying to tell all these different stories it's because they do interact (laughs) it's not just random um Mm -hmm. nonsense going on yeah i I enjoyed the performances too i enjoyed the story although um i could see someone's criticism potentially being like that it's almost it's almost like needlessly bleak. <laughs> it's it seems it's like really dark. Well, yeah, uh, I've
2: seen this criticism, um, yeah. and I don't I don't know. It's kind of the whole point of the movie. Mm-hmm. If the intent of yeah. the movie is to be about exploring the absolute darkest parts of humanity and just the worst it can be, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what else to expect from that story because that's that's what it is all about. Yeah. Is taking <laughs> this main character like Tom Holland's character and. How he like keeps trying, he keeps trying to overcome, but he keeps being placed in these situations where the worst has to be forced out of him. I just think that's a fascinating character, especially with the way the bleak way it ends as well.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, I, I I'm also kind of <clears throat> surprised that uh, so many people don't enjoy it because I don't know, like I'm not in someone else's head, but it's yeah, it's like difficult for me to see. What exactly about this film in particular that makes it so that so many, not not just even audiences, but like critics too, mm. that r- are really turned off by this film? It's very strange. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, it didn't
2: seem, I was expecting something much stranger from this based on the response, but it's, I don't know, it seemed fairly like literary to me, like the structure of it and everything. It, it, was, it didn't do anything too crazy. It was just about dark themes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah and it, it, you know it's all tied together of just crazy religious nuts seems to be a big yeah <laughs> a big part of it
2: <laughs> and war yeah. of course has a, a a big through line through it the mm-hmm. it, it jumps across quite a few years from after yeah. world war 2 all the way up to the the 60s i think um but it yeah it goes through all the different wars and conflicts and they talk about vietnam and how that's coming on the horizon and this is kind of ongoing theme of just this hatred and evil and death thanks mm-hmm. to war that's just never going to be escaped and putting vietnam like in the in the future for these characters makes it seem even more bleak because you know what happens in the in the years following
0: yeah mm-hmm. i feel like it i guess until the end maybe it it almost feels like as it's presenting itself it almost feels like there's not really a main character in ways because of just how much time is dedicated to characters other than Tom Holland?
2: Yeah, I I still think he's kind of the main character. Oh, yeah, me. by the end of it, it
0: becomes pretty clear.
2: Yeah, because most of the other characters are evil in some way, and he's one of the few that doesn't have something inherently wrong or evil about him. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's why I took him more as the main character. Because yeah. everyone else, there's so much death and violence in the movie, and that was... That was something I liked about it. I thought the violence was really effective whenever it was used. It oh, either yeah. surprised me, or it was, oh yeah, yeah, very, very <laughs> I, powerful. And it way starts they used with it.
1: a pretty violent scene. There's mm-hmm. like one early on. I mean, and uh, yeah, that was yeah.
2: Keep the stakes effective. high. You really don't know who's gonna make it and who isn't. I really like that aspect. Of yeah, it.
0: that too. Yeah, there's characters. There's there's a lot of death from a lot of characters.
3: <laughs> mm.
2: Well, there's this great line: Some people were born so they could be buried, which yeah. is incredibly morbid, but it's true. It's like a really fucked up observation hmm
0: I guess if we're going to talk about the uh technical elements, I thought the music was really great, that's probably one of my favorite parts about the the movie is mm. the music. It was very good. It was really well shot. I thought it had like a really good sense of it was atmosphere, wasn't it? Oh, I have no idea. Mm. It might have been. Which is that's weird cool. for a Netflix movie like this, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good for them. They should do that more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looks good.
0: Yeah, really professionally filmed. Um, probably the most so out of all of his movies. He seems to be growing as a filmmaker, for sure. He has a
2: fairly high-profile cast. Oh, yeah. same note. Big cast. Robert
1: Pattinson, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Tom Holland, uh, the It Clown. <laughs> <laughs> Riley... <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce
0: her name, but she's pretty great. I like her a lot. Keo maybe? She's oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, the it. one from It Comes at Night and Mad Max and that lot. Yeah. 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 And she's in um Under the Silver Zola, Lake
1: recently. Yeah, Under the Silver Lake. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's really well directed. And also um child acting. Nothing wrong with it.
2: It was really good. The, the kid yeah. was really good. I
0: thought that kid was actually
2: very very good in it. Yeah. The one and I I wasn't Holland like is a little kiddie.
0: I wasn't like pissed off by his dialogue at any point either, which is Mm -hmm. a rare occurrence. Uh, There's actually a line (laughs) I really really enjoyed uh, that prayer log don't work too good.
2: I thought that was great. (laughs) Yeah, the the whole setting was was cool. Knock 'em stiff. Is that the name of the town (laughs) it's all about? And how like (laughs) it's a real place, apparently. Like. And it's just about like the manipulation of all the kind of people of power in the town. You got the cop character, you've got, you got know, Robert Pattinson's priest, who's like a real nasty one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is about all the evil of the town and how <laughs> it all just comes to a head.
0: Yeah, I can I can see why it could feel convoluted to some people watching it because there is a lot. I going guess, on. yeah. But I felt like, especially towards the end, it was so justified.
2: Yeah, exactly. There are movies where it definitely feels like it's jumping around too much and you can't really keep track of it. You might mm-hmm. be able, you might even say Tenet's a movie like that, but it does just make sense for the structure of this movie and the intent of it. Like, I, I think the intent is quite important when you're talking about movies. Like, you know, yeah. if, if it's trying to, if it's going for yeah. something like this about as you know, a single point that gets diverse halfway through and then kind of simplifies back to its original point at the end, like... I, I think it's a a good structure if anything
3: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it had really good uh, sets and costumes things felt very authentic I was never feeling
2: like Mm -hmm. it didn't really feel the editing and the pace was good too
0: yeah yeah good editing good pacing I feel yeah I didn't really get bored or anything Um, no
2: no I was I liked the like just the twists and turns it took and the gradual reveals of how you start guessing that. okay how's this going to be relevant later to this part of the story and Mm -hmm. then it's never predictable in that way though i I never thought so but
0: yeah very bleak very morbid (laughs) kind of depressing movie but i think it works well
2: i think it's and it establishes it quite quickly too the the kind of oppressive tone Mm -hmm. if it if it kept like pulling the rug from under you and betraying you then maybe i'd feel different but I'm okay with movies like this when they when they have a bit of a point. There's a there's a lot of commentary. Yeah. It has a lot to say. The acting's really good. What well, do you think of a uh, Pattinson's voice? Seen a bit of criticism. <laughs> I heard a lot before. about
0: his accent. Yeah, I there's there's things about his performance that I really appreciate. There was like maybe one moment where I felt like his accent was a bit inconsistent, but yeah, I'm I mean exactly that happens once in the lighthouse too. Um, doesn't really ruin the movie. Mm-hmm. I do like that he not only performed an accent but he also performed with his voice in a higher register which kind of like adds to the character being separate from other characters that he's played you know he's finding ways to differentiate different roles he's good at doing that yeah i think he's great um even if there was like maybe one moment where I was like hmm it sounds a little weird (laughs) yeah I feel
2: like every time I watch a movie with him I have to spend like the first ten minutes of scenes with him just getting used to whatever accent he's doing because he does (laughs) change it so drastically
0: what didn't you like about it
2: um yeah it was just the odd bit with Robert Pattinson Mm -hmm. um I'm not sure how I feel about the very very end with the VW and I guess who's supposed to be Charles Manson or something Oh, he gets in the car with. <laughs> I was reading that's supposed to be Charles Manson's okay. like VW that he gets in at the end as like a final like fuck you type thing. <laughs> oh,
0: I didn't even I didn't even catch that. That's hilarious. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah,
2: that's <laughs> that's not really something I I dislike. It's just a funny observation. I mean, yeah, really thinking about it, I I don't really know what to criticize about the movie because I think it is just achieving what it's going for, for mm. like fairly well. The writing's good, the dialogue's good, the acting's good, yeah. editing's very good. It's just a well-made story.
0: Uh, what did you think about the narration?
2: I was, I, th- I thought the film was actually quite, it seemed to be quite inspired by like a Coen Brothers kind of tone to mm-hmm. me. And that narration helped kind of make me think of that. And apparently the narrator is the, the writer of the novel oh. that it's based on. Cool. Which is a cool detail, which makes me like it more. And he's never done any narration before; it's the only time he's done it, and it's for his own book. So I think that adds another layer to it. I, I really like that, to be honest.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I didn't mind it at all. I could see it putting some people off, but I think that what helps justify it is there are moments where we basically hear through the narration of thoughts going on inside characters' minds that mm. we, you know, would be a lot more difficult to communicate without any kind of narration not saying it's impossible
2: yeah no it is it, you can tell when narration has kind of been shoved in you mm-hmm. know when it's like just at the beginning or end of a movie and it's never even considered in the middle and stuff like yeah. that it can be obvious but yeah, it, didn't it, it did feel completely justified. exactly yeah
0: yeah i don't have um too much more to say about it i i enjoyed it and uh i would like to mm-hmm. i would like to hear people talk more about what they didn't like about it because there's a yeah. good amount there's a lot of people that have issues with this movie and i'm like i i, I can understand parts of it from like an experience perspective of just like okay uh, like this might be annoying to some people this might be annoying to some people but it's weird that it's this movie because i feel like there's a bunch of other movies that i would almost expect that same thing to happen to that it doesn't
2: yeah, I I I'm looking at a couple of the reviews now and most of them seem to be the complaining ones anyway seem to be kind of pointing out that it's a bloated mess. Mm-hmm. Sweaty, someone described it as. <laughs> sweaty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, quite interesting. Like that's a day. criticism. A, a very critical kind of word to throw out, but sweaty. <laughs> it seems to be the that structure actually that seems to bother most people but that that really didn't bother me because yeah. it, it didn't feel like it bogged the movie down or made it so i couldn't keep track of anything it was just like getting small snippets of disparate stories that all come together eventually yeah it's only it's only two hours 18 minutes is that really too long oh, really? for a film like this i thought yeah. it was like
0: under two hours i didn't check yeah i did time, too so. i
2: think it was actually it actually went by really quickly yeah mm-hmm.
0: There's a lot going on and so like I think it's pretty cool just like considering it being an adaptation of the book I've never read the book but like it from what I can tell it seems like they organized the information pretty well
2: I hope this isn't another case of like people who are fans of the actors just seeing it like the thumbnail or the poster and expecting like a Peppy Tom Holland movie, and then they're like, yeah, What? This, this is just isn't... making me sad and feel weird." <laughs> <laughs> this is not really a
0: Tom Holland movie, if that. If that's a, no, genre, it's not I like Spider Man. It's not really yeah. that kind or of. Or a uh, Robert Pattinson
2: movie, really. <laughs> He's yeah. like, a, like a monster.
0: <laughs> well, I'm giving this one. a What'd you give it seven out of ten?
2: Yeah, I was. I'm about the same, but I'm actually thinking of four stars for this. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it just flew by. I really enjoyed it all the way through. I liked the messages it was communicating. Yeah, I'd like to I'd see it, for, a it a time and... for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going to check
0: it out for sure. Like, f- Yeah, I'd be fun. curious if okay. you finish
2: it, Ralph, if you feel any different.
0: Yeah, yeah, I will. Definitely. Yeah, yeah we can have another uh, oh, catch up cool. discussion like we just did with Tenet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: All right. All right, so I guess that's that. Um, we can move on to the, the, the film I recommended if Woo. you want. Let's do it. You guys watch that. It's called Stalker. It's directed by Andrey Tarkovsky. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Is that, is that good? That was pretty good. 1979.
0: Yeah, good. Andrei Tarkovsky. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Russian <laughs>
1: film. It's a very Russian film because it's like, you know, super dry, um, very long, um, like very like dark thematically. Um, but I wanted to recommend it because it, it's like, Really great, first of all. And also has a really fucked up backstory. Oh yeah. Basically Might, yeah. uh well d- what do you guys know about it? I'll ask you that first. <laughs> Spoiler discussion. <laughs> yeah, spoilers for the film Stalker. I
2: was hoping you were gonna go into this.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that first.
2: You're asking what we know about the the backstory? Yeah,
1: what do
0: you, what do you know? Um, yeah, what do you know? I know that they they the because of the locations they filmed it in, they like all got cancer and died. <laughs> because yeah, there was like a chemical yeah, factory like <laughs> raining poison on them the entire movie yeah and like oh, the crew ridiculous. were basically
1: like crawling around in mud like yeah. Yeah, radioactive mud and you can like see and it in the movie a lot of people <laughs> who are close to them they say like Tarkovsky died because of filming Stalker and basically yeah. making this movie and yeah that's it's like this eerie backstory that kind of when I'm watching the movie like I, I feel like I'm always thinking about it and it, mm-hmm. it adds like this this atmosphere to it that it it makes the movie like really memorable
0: yeah it is kind of haunting in a way i didn't yeah. know that the first it time i watched it haunting. but i knew it the second time and it definitely added mm-hmm. a, a different lens to the experience
1: yeah not that you have to make like a movie in a hazardous location to make it better but like knowing that and watching it it's like yeah it's very
2: creepy very haunting what the movie's about too, it does add like another layer
1: mm-hmm
2: <laughs> well this like it's zone. it's, a, it's like this alien yeah.
1: kind of it's this alien place where there's no rules really and like it starts raining like for no reason <laughs>
2: but a similar it, setup to annihilation actually
1: right that's what i was thinking of too very similar to that so it's a science fiction movie but it's not really like science fictiony and i guess it's like Solaris too in that way which is like another film he made yep. in the science fiction genre mm. and it's it's just a, it's about characters and it's very grounded and it's just a lot of um you know discussion and and personal stuff you know and they're trying to get to the zone which i guess is like the how did they describe it in the movie
0: i think well i think they were like in the zone but they wanted to get to the room in the zone I think.
1: Yeah, like the very center yeah. of it, kind of like an annihilation, like the lighthouse. Yeah. Kinda. So like the <laughs> yeah. It's like the a journey, yeah. yeah a journey to the center of the zone
0: is like a character, and the the stalker is a person that can traverse it because the what was the guy's name, Porcupine or something that taught him. Uh, (laughs) Something like that Uh, So he had a mentor telling him Teaching him how to traverse the zone And so the main character the stalker Basically does like tour guides (laughs) If you want to call him that Mm -hmm. Where he helps other people get to the zone And traverse it And throughout the experience he says things like Okay well you you have to treat the zone with respect You can't come in here you can't come into the room bringing a weapon; it'll kill you, sort of thing. Like, like the f- location itself is is a character that's mm. alive in the film. Yeah, it's like a living that, thing, yeah. And so, um, yeah, they uh, apparently you cannot leave the same way you showed up. Apparently, it changes mm. every time human beings aren't there. So, even if you've gotten to the the room, you would have to find a different way there than the previous time you were there. And yeah, a lot of it is is just very imaginative.
1: Yeah, and if you get to the center, it'll fulfill your ultimate desire or yeah, something yeah. to that extent. They say something like that. Ah, Which, yeah, again, I love is the philosophy vague. there, too. Yeah, that, that, the they, they and that's, really get and into that. and that's so the nice. point of the story, because yeah. you have the stalker, and then you have a writer and a professor, and they each kind of have their own philosophy as to how they should tackle it, right? The stalker is willing to leave his family because he wants, he wants like this ultimate desire so bad. It's like the only satisfaction he gets out of his miserable life and then the professor well, wants, wants to, to like, destroy exists. it.
0: <laughs> the stalker the stalker doesn't want to mm-hmm. enter the room because he says it's forbidden, but he wants to keep hope alive for other people that this thing sure. exists so that people don't completely just lose all hope in reality and the universe. To like like the yeah. idea of it being there is his own justification and his his own reward
2: in itself.
1: That's true. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I I really liked that right and left side brain thing where you have the artist who he's like a self-hating writer who has kind of selfish goals for why he wants to go to this place and the the scientist's (laughs) whole arc of revealing that he actually kind of wants to destroy it in this virtuous way so no one can yeah because it's too much of a danger they perceive it as a danger Mm -hmm. and that whole dichotomy is is very interesting Mm -hmm. all the philosophy as you're saying adam behind the thought process of it and just the dialogue. I wrote so much of it down because it's so. A-, a film hasn't struck me in this way since I saw The Holy Mountain, where nice. b- my head's just like spinning and buzzing, and I just fell completely head over heels for it. Because we haven't even mentioned the the look of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 actually ridiculous to me. It's, it's stunning. It only has 142 shots, which oh. is-, is is insane on its own. An there average film has money. around. 1,250 in action movies have like 3,000. So the fact it only has that that few shots is actually huge because it really makes the film immersive. You really feel like you're there with the characters and the way the camera will move around and will just sit and just let you sink in the atmosphere in the scene. But the way it like adapts within the scene as well and you just don't know where it's going to go within the scene, I just found that really really like visually stimulating and the image just had so much depth and there's just so much to ogle at yeah beautiful they were really well choreographed too Mm -hmm. and
1: when you hear about the backstory how much of a nightmare it was they had to reshoot the film three times and they had like there was just so much there were so many issues but when you see the film it's like perfect Mm -hmm. how it's all executed and there's these long shots that go on for a really long time um, one of my favorite ones is like, I guess the poster of the criterion is like a guy's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that, or mm-hmm. it's like, it's kind of panning through a river and you just see like all the stuff like in the river, yeah. like a, like a, a spy glass. And it's just, yeah, lots of really stunning visuals that are very memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it adds yeah, to just... the atmosphere. You know, it's not really about like a plot or getting there. Like it's about the, yeah, it's, it's like about a the journey piece. and just like yeah. enjoying the vibe of the film. Like it's very immersive.
0: Yeah, very atmospheric. I love the mm-hmm. I love the shot where it like pulls back when the scientist is like dismantling the bomb, and then it starts like raining for a bit, <laughs> just like in front of them. Yeah, yeah, that was like yeah. Yeah, really cool and really well
2: coordinated. And the way the wa- they wait for the water to settle and start throwing pebbles in, it's, yeah, I really liked that.
1: There's there's lots of cool little effects in there.
2: I just like the way they used the sets and the scenes and the, the backgrounds of it. There was so much interaction with the environment, like lights going off and flickering and people reacting to things falling behind them. There's so much like depth to just the, the, the variety of the images and everything is so choreographed so immensely. And yeah. the way it comes together is just like, it's ridiculous in front of your eyes.
1: And the movie actually isn't even in color until they get to the zone like uh-huh. the first part of it when they're yeah. in the city is just kind of sepia tone and all that stuff was pretty great too how they shot it there's like this whole segment they're like driving out of the out of the city it reminded me kind of like a children of men yeah set piece. like it was really exciting like and they're getting chased and like you hear the engine revving yeah there's like a part where they're getting shot at like and you see like i guess it was pebbles they just threw into a pond it was supposed to look like machine gun fire that was Mm. like a little cheesy
0: but but that was it that was like the only thing that took me out of it (laughs) yeah the um the action in the film despite still being so patiently shot and executed it works really well. Like there's a level of tension to it and it kind of reminded me on this watch I was thinking of the opening scene in Drive where it's like a there you know it's a chase mm. action yeah. scene but it's slow and methodical at the same time. It's very very fun and engaging experience with that. And the music's mm-hmm. great too. The sound design's all great except for like oh, yeah. one moment oh, yeah. with the yeah. tire screeching that sounded a little <laughs> fake but other than that like the, the the sound design in terms of how it's added into the movie and what purpose it serves like there's constant ambient noises going on in the film you mm-hmm. know whether it's like rain or you can kind of like hear birds or something or you know like these weird kind of synth sounds or something it just it added so much to the to the overall atmosphere and experience of the movie and especially you know if something gets to the point where it's silent, and all of a sudden you can't hear those background noises it it has a very different uh, feel to it emotionally
2: there's yeah, so much technically about the I thought technically, it was just yeah. masterful yeah
0: what I really love about Tarkovsky and I've only ever seen this and Solaris I'm excited to see more but from the two that I have seen I love that for those two films he's basically created gigantic ideas that work well for small scale presentation in a sense that it's so well written and executed in a way of like, OK, what are the limitations of film, especially for the budget? And so there's a lot going on where it's in your imagination as the viewer, because mm-hmm. in essence, I mean, this film, if you really break it down, it's just three people LARPing. Just pretending, you know, let's <laughs> throw in these things. Yeah, like, oh, no, I can't go this way. I can't go this way. But because of how it's presented, because of the performances, especially too, you're able to yeah. believe that there is some sort of consequence. There is some sort of thing that could potentially happen. And it's, you know, it's left so vague. Like, oh, yeah, if you if you get a bad feeling, turn around. But still, because of its presentation, it's like, oh, shit, like you shouldn't go that way. Uh, and and you start to believe it and play along with it in your own mind. I, I love how he's able to do that.
2: Yeah, the setup's very simple and the mystery side of it, but the it's the depth that comes out through the the characters that that you know adds that layer for you to kind of think about. They're each very distinct. There's a line <laughs> like, that really jumped out to me from the writer because a, a thing I've seen said about this movie is that it kind of acts as a mirror in ways because. Mm-hmm as you said there isn't like a a heavy plot or anything like that there's a lot of kind of philosophical dialogue so no doubt you'll connect with one of these three characters more than others but for me it was the it was that writer character saying they've changed me to fit their own image when he's talking about how he's like doubting his own work as a writer and how he Mm. thinks he's kind of lost his integrity and stuff like that and i I think as you know people who make things it's just an inherently relatable idea if you're making yeah. something for people how much do you forfeit your own identity in order to kind of win them over uh, yeah there's tons of concepts like that that just got me thinking about aspects of my own life and greater aspects of I just thought it represented the kind of misery behind the country and just the the history of of Russia even like mm. even though it is a science fiction Elseworlds story i think it captured that part of it really well with the things they were talking about
1: yeah that's why i say it's very russian like like the stalker from the stalker himself i think his goal is like to to get to the center obviously of the 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 zone but he Mm. really like that that ultimate desire idea he wants to run away from his life to like just fulfill this ultimate desire and why don't we live in the zone like yeah run away from his family and everything that loves him to you know do that and it's very selfish but it's also a desire that you know a lot of people have and it happens to people every day. You know, well, yeah, it's, the, it's selfish
2: this idea of are you sure you really want what you think you want. Mm-hmm. That was what really got me thinking mm-hmm. with the cuz he's he's saying about this story of the porcupine and how the brother He took his brother along and his brother wound up dying because deep down he wanted wealth over his brother, so his brother died and Mm -hmm. he ended up committing suicide because he got what he wanted deep down, but it was a horrible thing to get in the end. Yeah, Yeah. so it revealed about his own character parts that he didn't like
0: because the room knows more about the person entering than the person does themselves. And so even if they they come to the room with any sort of uh, virtuous... Idea or philosophy that they want implemented, like, yeah, peace on earth, world hunger, blah, blah, blah. The room exposes the person that enters it basically as just a selfish human being looking out for their own personal interests. Mm-hmm. So they get what they want, yeah. but they also get a dose of hard hitting truth that comes along with it. It's almost like a monkey's yeah. paw scenario. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's very deep.
0: Yeah, the ph- philosophy really helps the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: it's so ingrained in history and just the thought and attitudes and like nihilism and so much like so many ideas from the time, just Mm -hmm. this idea of human consciousness. And there is so much to think about, like things Mm -hmm. that you would never even expect at times, they just throw out there. Like one thing I attached myself to was when I can't remember which characters started talking about it, but they're talking about how hardness and strength represent death and that softness represents life. I Mm -hmm. thought that was an interesting observation. And this idea of like how this, this like brutality and war and hatred that everything's been built up to at that point, like it it just means nothing.
0: Yeah. And it it, it ties into literally how they're traversing the the zone, too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I enjoyed um, when they were talking about like the philosophy behind music and how, you know, just in essence, it doesn't really exist in 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 ways outside of our own interpretation and just like okay well what what about these frequencies and chords produces an emotional response in people like what what about them (laughs) makes that Mm -hmm. happen sort of thing you know there's there's lots of really interesting bits of of a philosophical conversation that really helps the movie along for entertainment um purposes because it gives you it, it, it's a movie that you have something to chew on throughout the film and although it is long um, And if somebody watching it doesn't connect to a the philosophy and b the presentation then they might You know, they might be wanting more of a narrative Like okay, this happens conflict and goal sort of thing to happen throughout the entire movie That's not really what it's right. about. And if you're watching it for you know the visuals the sound design the performances and the philosophy then you know There's
2: always something to chew on yeah. And even those three characters do go through an arc, or at least two of them, mm-hmm. where they decide to actually not go into the room at the end. They yeah. actually go against and that gives their the their trips extra meaning by mm-hmm. rejecting the idea of the ideal.
3: Hmm. Yeah. It's it's
1: based on a it's based on a book this thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Which apparently yeah.
2: it's very it's like not <laughs> not that similar no i, I was gonna different. ask
1: I, I didn't think it was that similar I it's called roadside it, that's Picnic. just what i was reading that's the name of yeah, the book yeah yeah it's a russian novel also um so You're i'm guessing a lot of Tark- tarkovsky put a lot of himself into this film and his philosophy mm-hmm. um it, it's it feels too meticulous to not to be you know
2: yeah, yeah. it doesn't and feel there there is like, like a a, i guess
1: there's a moral question of that because like how much do you want to listen to someone's philosophy when they like killed their entire film crew basically <laughs> Like making yeah. this film, but was he aware? Like, he,
0: he kind of seems like arrogant. How? Was how he, that, maybe. I mean, I, how, how he put himself was... at risk too. I don't know how aware right. any of them were that it was like stupid and dangerous. Like who? Who mm-hmm. fucking knows? Really, it's just really unfortunate. I guess.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> but still, yeah, it, didn't see, it didn't seem standards. like a very pleasant shoot. Yeah. yeah. Well, thankfully, oh, no. Thankfully, now we have more no, standards and that kind of
0: stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the set design with the, those, like, mounds of dust and, like, the rock. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. That set is so cool. And, like, the bird And then, through. like, the super
1: experimental the bit footprints. of editing where, like, the bird came in yeah. and then it cut. That was, like, a hard cut. Yeah. But it worked yeah. for the film.
2: It did really work.
1: It was very, like... It only did it once, I think.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very eerie. Yeah. It's, it's crazy just how big the ideas are in this film without really showing that much. In a way, mm-hmm. it, it it's just really well presented. Yeah,
1: like the sets are.
0: It's so
2: confident. Cool. Yeah.
1: I love the tunnel, like with the mm-hmm. water in it, when they're running through it. Like, oh yeah, and how
0: the camera like moves really... through the like drips of water. I yeah, love, and the sound tests.
1: too, the water dripping and their yeah. footsteps. Yeah, it embraces like the art entirely. <laughs> All your senses are satisfied. Yeah,
0: <laughs> this this film is a, a shining example of just why Tarkovsky is considered to be so great of a legendary Mm -hmm. filmmaker remembered throughout history it's just so meticulous and so purposeful and yeah like you said confident like that's a big part of it i like how like even even before we get to the the zone like even just right at the beginning of the movie with the yellow color palette the conversation with him and his wife like Immediately, there's stellar performances. <laughs> like she, she gives a yeah. fucking awesome performance, especially for a character yeah. that's not really seen that much in the film. Like she, she does a really great job. Like everybody does a really great job. Mm-hmm. It really helps in Ra
1: too the the director of revenant <laughs> he mm-hmm. he takes a lot of influence from tarkovsky i think
3: clearly and like yeah.
1: one of the most like shining examples is like the the shot of them in the bed at the beginning where it's like panning mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. Where, like it shows uh the wife and then monkey and then him and there's a similar shot in like the revenant but yeah you see like how we influenced all these filmmakers like alfonso Carone and and inonatu and like mm-hmm. yeah it's really it's really well done in in yari too too, that's how? Okay.
0: Inari too. I forget which, which emphasis which syllable has the emphasis, but it's in too. Yeah.
1: He's got a long name.
0: Oh yeah, if you want to say the full thing. <laughs> Alejandro <laughs> Gonzalez yeah.
1: There you go. He knows his stuff though, if he's seen this. It's not a bad thing to take influence from Stalker. I mean, it's not at all. Great. Yeah.
2: I was surprised by the emotional response I had from a certain section of the movie, that oh, being yeah? when the stalker himself kind of breaks down Oh, yeah. He's, he's like just talking about how he want he wants to destroy your hope. I, you know and all this kind of stuff. I just wasn't expecting that in that moment. I was I wasn't ready for it. And seeing the the emotion behind that performance, he was really selling it for me. And mm-hmm. it really did add to that just the thought piece of it all. Mm-hmm. Really sells it.
1: He was great. I mean all the acting was was super good. Mm-hmm uh, even the 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 monkey, whatever. There's a whole bit with her at the end or him. I don't know.
2: <laughs> but Yeah, I think it's a daughter. It, yeah. Daughter. Crippled but daughter. She
1: starts uh levitating like these glasses at the Telekinesis. end. Telekinesis. Yeah. What was that whole bit?
0: <laughs> yeah, I was I was really confused at its place in the movie the first time I watched it. Um uh-huh. and the second time watching it I was keeping that kind of thing in mind. And it, it's actually really neat just how the the ending ties into the beginning in ways because the first the first conversation that's there when the stalker is meeting i forget which one of them he's there like with his girlfriend or whatever there's like a car Mm -hmm. and then um as the stalker is walking up to them the two are having a conversation and the dialogue i'm paraphrasing it but they're essentially uh, the character saying "Ah, there's no there's no such thing as like Ghosts or psychics or listing off all these like paranormal sort of fantasy things that exist Mm -hmm. and he's basically like complaining or, or lamenting about their them not existing in the world and that kind of ties into the the stalkers goals of keeping the zone alive so that people had some sort of hope so that there is a sense of like wonder and mysticism in the world even if you know it's a inherently dangerous place but there's some sort of hope as in like oh if you traverse through this you get everything you desire sort of thing and so i think in Mm -hmm. the end it's kind of tying into that concept even though it was you know first time you watch it, it almost seems like a throwaway line when they're complaining about Supernatural things not existing. I think at the end. It's kind of trying to tie into that idea of hope by using these impossible Supernatural science fiction sort of ideas as just being like oh there is more to the universe than we see that there is And that's just kind of its own way of communicating Hope in a way also at the beginning um, When the, the train is going by the glasses are moving on the table there, too and so the, the the glasses moving on the, the table at the beginning, I'm not sure, I'm not confident about whether it's implying that perhaps those were also maybe moved a bit by telekinesis because I thought it seemed pretty clear that it was the train rumbling the house that was making that happen. But mm-hmm. it, either way, regardless of what it's trying to imply is moving the glasses, that's really cool how it, it also ties into the end. And then right after, yeah. right after Monkey does point, the telekinesis, yes. intentional. then we hear the train rumbling again right before it cuts to to the end mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah sure that that sounds yeah did you see the string <laughs> the, oh no i didn't see over. the string oh man yeah, it's it's yeah a I was, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't
0: take me oh, out that's it. great it was, it's just funny yeah. yeah i'd like to watch it again and look out for that because i was i was like <laughs> man how do they do that because it zooms yeah. out and you can see under the table i'm like do they have a yeah stick well the first two, the two magnets? were magnets okay, i believe yeah. the first two and then oh, the last that cup that falls oh, off okay, the table
1: i think is a string that's what they did
0: I yeah. probably just missed it. Either way, <laughs> really cool. Yeah, watched it twice, and I, I didn't catch that, so...
3: <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs>
2: I'll never watch it again.
0: Yeah, it's like the most amazing effect ever.
1: We watch, like, Avengers now. It's like $300 million, like thousands of CGI effects at this point. Like a, a cup falling I, off a table. I mean... Even like Paranormal
0: Activity, <laughs> you just fucking digitally remove the string. Oh, yeah. At this point, they just digitally yeah. remove it. Yeah. They didn't
1: have that back then.
0: Yeah, um, Yeah. so considering that especially, like, that's pretty insane. Yeah. That that was yeah. done so well.
1: The, most of it's pretty seamless, yeah.
0: Love the color, love the framing, the cinematography, the pacing, everything about it. Yeah, every choice just, that's made. It's very, very beautiful, very patient, but purposeful film. Mm-hmm.
1: It is quite long, which is why I understand why, you know, people may not watch, watch it, like, entirely. There are, there are segments that are drawn out, like, when they're uh, on the train to the zone. Um, I liked that a but lot. I can understand. I, I did, too. Yeah. But I can
2: understand why someone would, like... The length just... never bothered me, and I can be mm-hmm. quite critical when, when it goes over two hours. That's when it's got to be, like, earned for me. But I just Mm -hmm. think with the, just the way it's structured with those incredibly long shots, for some reason that just made the whole thing come together for me. Yeah. It just, each shots like a new story in and of itself, like Mm -hmm. just contained.
1: Mm -hmm. And the world was so immersive in the movie. I wanted to, I was so immersed in it. Yeah. The
2: goals were clear. The things they were talking about were interesting. Mm -hmm. There's even like action, as you said, with that when they're breaking in like that yeah. whole first sequence you said uh children of men it made me think of like uh that video game inside a little bit where you're like breaking oh, yeah. in a facility oh, and yeah. it's all very oppressive It kind of imagery a lot of yeah it, it's clearly you know it has its fame for a reason
0: yeah it's a it's an interesting universe even if we ignore the you know the the zone part of it like even what they set up at the beginning is Really interesting with them just being shot at, just trying to leave the town on the rail cart, you know, just like, <laughs> yeah, what's, like oh, what's, all, just what's everything great. happening here? You see, like, the nuclear silos in the background uh, from outside the bar, too. I mm-hmm. found that very mm-hmm. interesting. Like, there's a lot going on that it doesn't really fully explain, but you get enough of it that it's like, oh, I have something to think about at this moment.
2: I mean, just Russia's just such an interesting place with such an interesting history. I was getting a lot out of that on its own you know Mm -hmm. as i already said but let alone like i was getting quite a lot out of the it seemed to be quite sort of anti-violence anti-war type stuff in there subtly with like the imagery of pushing the gun deeper away into the water to get rid of that kind of conflict and yeah there's a shot when the bombs dismantled; they have the fish kind of swimming over what was left of it and stuff like that yeah Yeah. nature taking over there's lots of things like that, though. And with the bomb being like the same type of bomb as the Nagasaki uh, bomb and stuff like that, it's just lots of little details.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. How much, uh, Ralph, how much do you know about the whole like location killing the director thing? Like, how much did you <laughs> yeah. look into it? Well,
1: as much as the criteria basically told me. Okay. So you um, watch
0: like the special features or the. No, I didn't get to watch the, the special features. Okay.
1: I read the pamphlet and I, I looked into like articles and stuff. Okay. Yeah, I and read on word the wiki mouth, it was like a chemical it's, it's mainly plant. Word or of something
0: mouth.
1: Yeah, there like... was a chemical plant mm. upstream and you know, all of that crap just went downstream to where mm-hmm. they were filming. And they were crawling around
0: in it. Yeah. What I'm curious about is like just how much of the locations were just used opportunistically. Like did they yeah. bring in old tanks? have put into the scene? Like what or were those there for some other reason that Yeah. Or like were That's are the they too,
1: it was reshot so many times I'm not sure yeah. like which cut yeah. Because like some of the original footage from the very original cut is in the movie. I think it's toward it, they show it toward the end. It's like the footage toward the end of the film. Mm. Um but then like most of the film is like, you know, after the third reshoot. <laughs> so it must be pretty meticulous at that point. They must have had the locations like mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I'm not really sure. It, it's a big mystery.
0: Yeah. Very <laughs> the mysteriousness adds to the to the film really. Everyone involved said like it, it did some serious damage to his health.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Those few months he was working on this. It was mm. only a few months. Yeah.
0: What do you think about the uh the phone the phone, the phone scene? Did the they it get was... a phone call? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs>
2: Yeah, I wasn't sure how abstract we we're supposed to be interpreting it at yeah. that point.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a very
2: bizarre
0: kind of like dream logic-y thing to to happen at that moment. But it it, yeah. it does add to the mysteriousness of what
2: you're watching. <laughs> it's yeah, so it's, so, it's so obscure. Like the goal is so obscure of like what they're actually going to do. There's nothing physical about how are you supposed to physically like display them going to a room and then receiving the thing they want? It's all so yeah. kind of hypothetical already that the way they explore it in these abstract ways does make a lot of sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they shot the film in Estonia. Estonia. Es- Estonia. Estonia. And then there's a, okay. a a little town called, or it's near the city of Isfara, a deserted region of the Soviet Central Asia. Oh, mm. shit. So, yeah, it was like, well, like a wasteland <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it reminds me of like apocalypse so... now like that kind of backstory yeah. where it was just like a nightmare to film or fitz uh Werner hartzog yeah like, where he was like he had mm. to build a boat and they had to like <laughs> lug it uphill did you did you see that no it's oh, like a God. documentary i've seen the documentary I've seen about that of the documentary yeah. talking about it, though. that that was like ridiculous i don't think there's anything quite like that like with stalker like i don't think there's that much behind the scenes stuff I hope there is. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think there is. Mm-hmm. It's mainly just, you know, people talking from being on set and like his family, uh, how how it like mm. destroyed his health. <laughs> That's like yeah. what they talk about. How, how yeah.
0: soon after the film did he die? Let's see.
1: It was shot in 1977.
0: Okay. And he died in 86. Oh, wow. And this was his last film. Much. Did he make anything else before he uh, died? It was 77. Let's see. Uh, I think it's. Oh, he, he film. is two films after this. The sacrifice was. His oh, last oh, okay, film. never
1: mind. Yeah.
2: I'm kind of amazed it ever got finished, to be honest. Reading hearing about the amount of times they had to reshoot it and reading about how he just <laughs> gave up on it. The fact <laughs> that it came together and and how it came together too, how good it actually is. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing.
1: Uh-huh. Like they were going to start filming and then there was an earthquake, so they had to delay it. So they did it. They actually <laughs> started filming in in like the summer. And then they lost all that footage, or it wasn't good, so they reshot it in the f- autumn. <laughs> like it was just fucking, just it was just a disaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then
0: they shot it again the following year. Yeah, he's only got seven movies, total. All numbers. I'm pretty to sure
2: agree. it's another example of one of those movies that wasn't really received that well when it came yeah, out, it was mixed. quickly became became like a cult yeah. film.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> As <laughs> almost every like film that has stood the test of time. It seems nobody, yeah. nobody yeah. is quite sure about it
2: when it first comes out. Cause it's like, Oh, this is different. This is weird and different. It's yeah. aged really well. Oh, of course. Like, it holds up oh, beautifully. Yeah. I, th- I felt it was quite timeless in that regard. Uh-huh. I thought it looked so, so pristine.
1: Mm hmm. That's what I mean about the science fiction part of it, too. Like, think to 60s, 70s sci-fi. It's all goofy fucking robots and, <laughs> like, so <laughs> yeah. silly. And, like, there's nothing in this movie like this. Yeah, it's very personal. No, because it's, it's a science fiction movie, but it's very... It's smart in how it Because it's in your imagination. Yeah, yeah. Right. And that's more It's about the concepts
2: and ideas. Yeah. Exploring them in a kind of smart way.
1: That's what makes it timeless.
0: It's like if you never showed The Babadook, it would be a better movie. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you right, just yeah. had the storybook at the beginning and didn't show the hipster in a top hat, <laughs> that's when it starts to get goofy. <laughs> but if you leave things up to your imagination and, you know, that the whole goal of the film is to be thinking about it, like that's a part of the experience of the film. I think, you know, it's just that that's what I was saying at the beginning. It's just like it, it's he understands the limitations that he has for filmmaking mm-hmm. and he uses those towards his advantage to tell unique stories and have these things going on in your mind and have have you the viewer create a better experience out of it than could possibly be created
2: by it just being shown to you sort of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but still the things that are being shown are just impressed so impressive on like a technical level that mm-hmm. that also just carries you through it's got yeah. so much to it
1: yeah and also the world building too mm. yeah of it there's not a lot of films at that time that would develop a world like this that I felt was, you know, very lived in. Also kept vague, like you said, mm-hmm. you know. Leave great some space for imagination. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's Leave great.
2: I'm so glad you chose it because I've been meaning to watch this for bloody years, but it's just <laughs> one of those where yeah. you see this, where it, when uh, it came out and its length, especially.
0: Was this your first Tarkovsky? Yeah, it was.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for was... for me at first Both i didn't you, like I guess, it either
0: yeah. um or i
1: i had to get into it i guess i won't say uh, I how like many years it. ago did it took you first me a while it. to get into it i watched it uh, third year college like okay a couple of years ago i don't know <laughs> yeah I, right. I was like ah eh, this is boring they're just talking boring <laughs> boring but then you know you get into it you get into the atmosphere and the world and it's yeah, really if you're in the right you know, frame of mind special. it's very right, stimulating right. mhm yeah, definitely be in a mood for it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also yeah. nothing like violent in it, really. Like it's a good movie to watch with the family, although it's very experimental. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> you could just watch it with anybody. There's nothing that graphic or. Yeah. There's no, some gunfire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gun. This a little scary, I guess. Yeah, some pebbles being thrown in the in mm. the water. Yeah, something <laughs> yeah, that I appreciate a about <laughs> it—how it
2: achieved that kind of creepy sci-fi tone without having to show stupid aliens yeah. and stupid exactly. death scenes—and yeah, uh, it is all in your head. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's
0: very much how Solaris is. Although right. I prefer this to Solaris. I I've only seen Solaris once, but yeah, same mm-hmm. idea of just like creating something so much bigger out of just being careful about how you communicate it. Essentially, yeah, yeah.
2: What's considered his strongest is it Stalker?
0: I think people have their own interpretations. I've heard different things. A lot of people consider mm, Andrei Rublev things. to be one of his best, but I don't know. Mm. It seems like all of his films, like there's enough differences about them that it it doesn't seem to be like fully decided which one's supposed mm-hmm. to be his best between people. So
1: yeah, yeah. I think people like the science fiction elements of like Solaris and Stalker. I think those why like those are the most famous ones. Mm-hmm. It's like an art house director kind of bringing like yeah. something more to a genre. Like that's very interesting.
0: Yeah, exactly. People
1: like good that.
2: So, good sci-fi is rare now still. <laughs> yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, good good any genre is rare in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> good anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the characters seemed very frail too, like very weak. And like they would get yeah. pushed they and like fall and, over, yeah. and they were always dirty and like skinny kind of. Uh, the main character had like a looked like a scar like on his head.
0: He had like um, different the color on hair in a like, patch of his yeah, head. Yeah. He had like a weird splotch on his yeah. eyeball. Mm-hmm. Everybody looked. It went in with that up. whole anti-war,
1: the anti-violence kind of approach of the movie mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. They can't really fight each other. They're just, they're too weak. They're too tired. Yeah. When they when they do yeah. try, when the bomb thing happens, yeah. they're just like falling over onto each other and right. falling they in Right. They fall the water over and, like immediately. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> they're like crying, like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> it's so great. So. Yeah. That's what I mean. They're just so weak and frail. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This is, this is awesome. So, what would you guys rate it if you want to get to ratings? Unless you have something else to say. I don't want to cut you off.
0: No. It's still
2: washing over me, but. My initial impression is that it's pretty masterful in every way. It's like an easy five star for me.
1: Hmm. You know what? I'll go five star.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I might as well <laughs> You're
0: about to piss everybody. I had off. It made it as four and a half. Yeah. It's a nine out of ten. We'll see if it gets One. to a ten on my third watch. <laughs> I I had it it as a four and a half
1: because of the the cup and because of the pebble and the water (laughs) and and the screech sound effect, like the tire screech. (laughs) Those three things brought it down to a nine. But, you know, if you want to throw that away.
2: (laughs) Okay. Let's do some questions from the sardine community then. If you want to leave your own questions, head over to the Sardonicast subreddit where there is a suggestion thread where you can ask whatever you feel like. M or Mister B R V One K B A is going to start us off with what are some real world stories you guys want to see adapted to film?
0: Oh boy, man, there's like this fucking I I there there was one uh tragedy that just I don't know why but it like it it fucking destroyed me and I hate thinking about it um I don't know if it mm-hmm. would be disrespectful to make this into a film but i mean like i don't know if you communicate the right emotions it could work it was the um the south korean uh ferry disaster in i think like 2014 or something i don't know if either of you are familiar with it but it was yeah i've not uh... heard of this oh man basically uh there was like a a ferry and because of lack of regulation or oversight basically just like there, there was this whole uh domino effect of of people not doing the proper checks and balances um, and loading with too much cargo and that particular boat wasn't supposed to be operational like it was already supposed to go in for repair or something um but uh uh, the ferry was loaded with basically like an entire school of like junior high students so like 13 year olds or whatever going for like a field trip somewhere and um the 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 ferry started experiencing like it started sinking and it was sinking very slowly and just to add fuel to the fucking fire the the captain of the ship disguised himself as like a civilian and like abandoned (laughs) and and then everybody on the the intercoms like so like the the people that were still there um that were staff were like on the the intercom saying like Uh, Just remain in your rooms everybody had these like little like cabins like with like bunk beds or whatever like I don't know how long the ferry Mm. trip was maybe like Six-hour ferry. I I don't know how long it was, but it was a ferry that had like individual rooms um, That people stayed in and over the intercom they were literally just saying everybody stay where you are and wait until uh, Help arrives sort of thing and so all these like kids were who who trusted the adults in the situation telling them over the intercom? You know, they they trusted them to, to be like, okay, I guess we're just going to stay in here. And then, like, there's these cell phone videos, these kids, like, waters coming in through the door, and they're, you know, kind of joking, kind of laughing, like, oh, this is weird, this is kind of scary. And, uh, yeah, fucking so uh. many of them died. Basically, the entire thing capsized. Uh, they drowned. They found, like, scratch marks on the inside of the doors. And uh, because i guess this other just like random fucking coincidence there was a huge storm happening at the same time no boats or divers were able to like get in underneath the ship it was too dangerous for them to try and rescue anybody and so it was like three days pass and they all fucking died and it was just like jesus holy Christ. yeah i and 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 the the principal of the school who organized the field trip hung himself like two days later because <laughs> he yeah, felt like responsible. it's man. like this horrible like i i i don't like thinking about it at all uh so yeah if you get somebody like Denis villeneuve to to make something respectful about it then great don't get fucking uh (laughs) paul
2: greengrass (laughs) to do it the born guy yeah Uh, but yeah that's that's exactly what i I was thinking about is the morality of it because it was paul greengrass's movie about that norway yeah that that really got me thinking about this oh really Um, where I hate yeah, that. Yeah, where so where where does the line where do you draw the line in this kind of stuff like where it's disrespectful and where it isn't? Yeah, I, yeah. I guess it is just a case by case thing because how do you <laughs> that event you just described that horrendous event that happened in South Korea? It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> It mm-hmm. would be really difficult. Is it just a time thing? Because that's what part some of some people just want
1: time to go by. It's like the very sensitive. The United ninety three yeah. got some criticism, you know, when it came out because it was about September 11th. I think that mm-hmm. film's pretty tasteful, though. How it mm-hmm. how it presents. Yeah, that, I don't
2: remember it that bothering me in
0: that event movie. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, like there's there's like countless disasters that you could make films out of even if you're not specifying exactly what the disaster is and you're like inspired by it i guess i don't know if it is really a time thing i think it's just a matter of how respectful it i would say wait a few years either way but um yeah just how respectfully it's being presented when i watched the um that paul greengrass uh august whatever it was called july 17th Hmm. or i forget the title yeah i can't remember what it's Um, called that movie was a little offensive to me because of just how cheesy it was and and right. also like the most interesting parts about the whole event were just glossed over like the to to me when i think about that event uh, as like a news story i'm not only just thinking of like oh yeah these kids are getting mowed down on I- an island they can't escape i'm thinking about like the the moral questions about uh their prison system and how there is no uh life sentence in it was norway right yeah and and they were yeah. like they there is no death sentence either basically and so like that whole aspect after the fact is like so important to the conversation and paul greengrass just pretended like that wasn't even a thing the characters were literally like don't worry he's going to jail forever now like what that's not you you left out the most important part <laughs> of the conversation like that that's why it's like a moral issue right yeah Yeah.
2: anyway and I remember there actually being another film that I think was actually made in Norway about the event that I remember someone messaging me yeah I think there was a a better version yeah but I haven't seen it so I couldn't comment but
1: yeah that's that's a more recent movie I haven't seen that one from him
0: yeah the there was a Norwegian one made like a year Mm -hmm. or so before Paul Greengrass's version
2: yeah I have heard it's better but yeah I can't comment yeah, but as far as uh, real world world stories, I want to see adapted. I think it's time for the Social Network two or part two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> all the same n- <laughs> There must be enough like going on now, and all this stuff with Facebook. Like it's so such a dramatic tale. There's definitely more to be explored. a lot with all these tech companies, and like, what is the story behind Google and Amazon and all this shit? That there's got to be something to tell.
0: Yeah then it's just a matter of how do you get all the accurate information and present it in a faithful yeah. way. Because mm-hmm. even like the yeah, social network, trust? <laughs> and- as much as I love David Fincher, I mean, it It, it was a little, it, it was pretty charitable towards Zuckerberg <laughs> as like a story. <laughs> it didn't really paint him as a villain, although you could it's, interpret yeah, it that it's way. Definitely sure. yeah. It's definitely
2: a movie. It's definitely like mm-hmm. a narrative over like a documentary, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Right. Well, to keep it light, Maybe we could make a disaster artist type movie about like Birdemic or yeah, you know, any Wynn, number of bad films yeah, that, Neil have, Breen, that have come up. Uh, Neil Breen. Um, yeah, Love on a Leash or like any one of those yeah. things. That might be interesting because Jennifer Ten, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Love on a Leash uh, wouldn't have been the same without Ari Shafir, apparently.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that he him. got he got yeah. contacted
0: first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be in it. I'm just imagining it Ari an Shaffir movie. as the dog.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I watched uh "Feels Good" man recently, which makes me think if there are any other kind of meme stories that deserve to be told, because yeah. that, that really won me over on the whole idea. Because memes are—they haven't really broken into films in any like way that's you know respectable. The emoji you know? movie, mm-hmm. and so. Yeah, exactly. But Feels Good Man was like a real, like a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. Like the actual, the whole, the, the dynamics of it, the the dramatic nature of it. And there's there's ton, just tons of stories from the internet like that, mm. that I'm sure deserve to be told.
0: Yeah, when it comes to that one, I feel like the documentary is already the perfect format for that story to be told. I wouldn't want Exa- that to yeah, be turned yeah. into a narrative. Oh no, I don't like, want that story specifically.
2: Yeah. I just mean like equivalent type of stories, if there yeah. are any.
0: I'm sure there's lots of stories in the world that aren't just terrible tragedies that are in my head. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's lots of good material, <laughs> things that aren't just fucking horrendously depressing. But <laughs> those are the ones that stick out in my mind. I guess <laughs> like the the Clan shooting, like make a movie out of that. Fuck, everything's just fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. Life is scary, man. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: I feel like they've made so many already. You know, like I can't even think. Mm-hmm. Hollywood, Hollywood usually jumps on tragedies pretty quick.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get a COVID yeah. movie.
1: Mm-hmm. No, just wait.
0: We're going to get a lot of good documentaries out of it, for sure. I already saw one that yeah. was uh, like a, basically a film crew that was like in Wuhan, filming like inside wow. the hospitals at the time. I'll just pull it up on my IMDb real quick. Let's see. 76 Days was the title of the film. I saw that at TIFF. It was really good.
2: Yeah, the only COVID movie I've seen is... Corona zombies. What the fuck? Which was. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> um, oh my god! It's actually pretty fucked up what what they've done. It's oh like no. <laughs> <laughs> it. it's like this. It's like some oh old movie from it looks like from the seventies or eighties, but mm-hmm. the first like three minutes were was shot like in twenty twenty. On, like, someone's <laughs> phone or some shit. Oh, my God. And just so they could, like, print the print the box out and just put some old zombie movie and just say it's about coronavirus. Okay. Like, on footage of, like, oh corona stuff. Yeah, oh pretty God. distasteful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From the
0: director of Evil Bong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that kind of tier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not even B-movie. It's, it's, it's 2.5 out of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> yeah. 61-minute yeah. runtime. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you watched that?
2: Oh um, God. I didn't watch the whole thing, admittedly. Okay. I kind of tried. <laughs> yeah, you don't
1: need to. Uh, he apparently directed Parasite, from 1982. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Parasite. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Evil Bong, Charles Parasite. Band. That sounds like a fake name. That sounds evil like f- Bong sounds good, though. I might have to look into that. Yeah, that one has she sequels. There's a bunch
1: of sequels. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay.
0: It's like It's like if an evil Bong Jun ho directed Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. I guess we answered that one, question then? tragedies and memes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just misery. God. What about this one then from Pokey Prince 56? Who are the movie characters you all relate the most to?
0: Hmm. I'll give this one a little think. Actually, no. Got it. <laughs> fucking <laughs> Caden, fucking probably, from Synecdoche. Hmm. But I mean, like, that movie is supposed to be me, in a sense, if you think about
2: it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not something I struggle with, like, relating to characters. But I guess they mean, like, on a more accurate level, like, what's something that represents you a bit more. Yeah. But I, I do relate to the dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I do like. I just really like that philosophy of like in the chaos of the world, yeah. just like fuck it, show <laughs> the fuck out. What power do you have over it? Yeah, yeah. I do I like really that, that a
1: lot. I usually relate to the protagonist of the movie.
3: Oh, the
2: tenet. protagonist, oh, okay. like
1: a like a tenant. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> there's the movie Almost Famous. William Miller. Oh, yeah. I guess he's like mm. just like a good-natured kid wants to be with the band to see the world mm. or something like I could get behind that but that's also like every protagonist and like that's like that's Peter Parker that's like yeah <laughs> it's like so many Man, quite yeah that's why I say yeah. like most protagonists yeah. is like yeah you usually relate to the protagonists the most yeah 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 not always um but it depends on the movie mm-hmm.
0: yeah depends on the movie fucking Kaufman ones just stick out to me more yeah yeah
1: you like the the new guy in uh, I'm thinking of ending things. Jesse Plemons. I just call him Jesse Plemons. I just call him Jesse Plemons. What's his name in the movie? <laughs> uh, his name's
0: Jake. <laughs> oh, okay,
2: Jake. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I do. I mean, I, I relate to Caden more. I think. I'm not gonna. I just like spoil all his characters
1: are so they have like similar things a- attributes. Uh, like I mm-hmm. think of uh, I mean himself in adaptation too. Like I think of Caden. Yeah. I think of Nicholas Cage. They're all and very that. Like, they're self-critical. All... Uh-huh. They're all very self-critical. Oh, yeah, they're very. yeah. Yeah. Like, like
0: older. Even Joel in Eternal Sunshine is doing that mm-hmm. same thing. Like internal, Struggling with their internal monologue <laughs> at the beginning. You see that? Talking about how <laughs> Valentine's Day sucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just invented by greeting card companies to make us feel like crap.
2: <laughs>
0: That's me.
1: Yeah, it's like very cynical. Like yeah. all his characters are very cynical. <laughs> Is that it? Is that the question? Did we all answer?
2: Yeah, I think so. Okay. Pill on face has one for us, <laughs> <Okay>. otherwise. <laughs> on What's movie you ref- yeah, on face? Yeah, pill on face. I actually recognize this person. I think I've asked- answered questions from before. What's a movie you refuse to watch no matter how good people tell you it is simply because you don't care about it?
1: I said Toy Story 4 before. I'll say it again.
2: That's Toy a good Story choice, 4. actually. I don't care. I, I I don't know. I, I don't really refuse movies. It's how I find things like Corona Zombies, you know. I, I watch no matter
0: how good people tell you Corona Zombies is, though.
2: Well, that's the thing. Who's telling me that? Who's telling me that, like, you know, the films that I have avoided, like Paranormal Activity and shit like that, who's, who's telling me that like, you have to watch this shit? No one.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's, like, a chunk of those, I guess, where it's, like, Either I I know what the director, like, if let's say I know what the director is, I've seen their previous movies, everybody's reacting the exact same way to this new one as they did their previous mm. ones and seeing the exact same things, <laughs> and I know I didn't like it the first time, and I know it's just going to be the same thing again, then, you know, <laughs> then I'm like, no, <laughs> and maybe I'll check it out at some point, but I don't have to see it right away sort of thing, uh, usually in that category for me, I guess.
2: Oogie Doggy Tank has one for us. What do you think about the "Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared" series? Are there any other web series you enjoy?
3: Mm.
1: You guys have seen those?
0: Yeah, I've seen the first three. Uh, I've think. seen. I, th- I think yeah, I love them.
1: I think they're some of the I best. Think I've seen three of them. I think they're so some of the best videos on the internet. I think mm-hmm. they're really creative. They put. They clearly put a lot of work into very every well one. Made. Yeah. Um, the songs are kind of catchy too. The second one's probably my favorite one. Mm-hmm. I think the the one about the internet's funny. I, th- I think that's the fourth one. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they also, there's also like this very elaborate lore about like how the yellow guy has like some abusive father boy, mm-hmm. like <laughs> who's like in the background oh, of every video. It's like very convoluted. I think it's funny. Like, Damn. like all the stuff, uh, all the little Easter eggs. And yeah, the puppet design is very good. People say, uh,
2: about the red puppet or the red guy it reminds him of of you alex Alex. of alex yeah yeah i've got so many messages over the years about this i I don't really hear it myself but yeah apparently i have the same voice but i don't really hear it
0: well apparently i look like every tall long-haired white dude so yeah exactly
2: but he's red
3: yeah (laughs) oh true
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah I enjoyed the first Don't Hug Me I'm Scared I could watch it again for sure Um, I've seen it a few times the ones following the first one I couldn't really get into as much they seemed less uh, inspired to me and more just like doing weird stuff to you know I guess what Alex was talking about during Stalker is just like how much of what you make is just now for the audience sort of thing it's kind of what they felt like after the first one i just like, we'll deliver on this weird absurdism sort of creepy kind of thing going on, which is fine. I'm just like not as into it. I like the first one a lot. Um, yeah, but each mm-hmm. one
1: has like themes and stuff going on oh, yeah, underneath yeah. it. Like very morbid too. Like that's the joke of it is that yeah, it's presented really like dumb. Sesame Street, but it, it's they're talking about death and like <laughs> <laughs> all these things that are really fucked up. Yeah, like there, there's, <laughs> there's things the that I get
0: one out one, of it for sure. Like when thinking about the first one, you know, like the, what was it? Like blue is not a creative color or green is not a creative color, whichever one they said. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, well, okay, well, if you're trying to mold someone into doing a specific task and saying like, no, you have to choose this color, then it's not really creative in the first place, is it? And that's like kind of like a commentary on schooling systems in a way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And also
1: entertainment television like Sesame Street, how they're teaching kids to be creative and teaching kids... To be a certain way, but it's actually mm-hmm. limiting their creativity because yeah, like they're molding. just being told by by puppets on a on a television show, <laughs> like how to act. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, it's limiting creativity,
0: yeah. right? That's that's like the message behind it. Mm-hmm.
2: What about web series?
0: Yeah, hmm. Nirvana the band the show started out as a web series. Um, oh, really? That's yeah, cool. it's like a completely separate okay. thing. Uh, you can find it. Yeah. Would you count like Amazon
1: Internet. shows and Netflix shows? Like, does that count as web series? No. Right? I think of like or, Red vs. Blue or like Cobra and stuff Kai. Like, because that. Like, that was on YouTube Red, right? Is like does that count? <laughs> um. do did,
0: did anybody watch The Guild? The Guild, no. Oh man, the first two seasons of that were awesome. Went downhill okay. after that point. That's a web series. Basically, every minute or every episode is like a few minutes long, but it's really funny. It was created by Felicia Day. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm looking at it. Now. Uh, cool. I I loved the first two seasons of that, and Red versus Blue will always have a special place in my heart. I grew
2: up with it. Yeah, same. Yeah. Halo. <laughs> Halo. Yeah, show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I-, I was never really that into web series that much because I just I don't know with Netflix and Amazon and stuff like that. I kind of lean more towards that kind of story, but... mm-hmm. or just like YouTubers. It's like in a weird space between like YouTube. T- Style content, but also more effort, a bit more production, but also it's not quite a TV show.
0: There's a web series I really want to check out that I've only heard about through other people. It's called Sardonicast. I've heard it's pretty good. (laughs) Oh really? Yeah.
1: Would you count that?
2: Is it what they review like different fish or something? Different (laughs) (laughs) sardine. (laughs) What
1: what you count as a web series, I guess, is very like up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would Red say "Don't Hug Blue Me, I'm Scared." And, I would, I would say that's my favorite, one and, of my favorites. Uh, mm-hmm. It stands out to yeah, me. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's weird because because "Don't Hug Me, I'm yeah. Scared" was just a YouTube video, and then there were sequels, and then it's a web series mm-hmm. sort of thing. And that's Whereas a I feel like "Red vs. Blue" make a series and "Guild" were like they were structured in seasons, kind of from the get go. <laughs> yeah. Right. the The advantage of that was that it didn't it didn't have a lot of production
1: value. Really, it was just like. Uh, halo footage Mm. or like animations um and like the puppets and they like the amount of work it takes to make don't hug me i'm scared or something like that or even just to make a web series it's like very hard for someone on youtube to do because of that limited budget and limited time you know a lot of these series like you just talked about those episodes were like 12 minutes the felicia day yeah ones yeah so it's 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 difficult that's why there's not a lot of them i think I think mm-hmm. series are usually left to, like, big studios with, like, budgets. Yeah. it's easier for them, you know, to kind of throw money at, at multiple seasons at a show. Uh, it's hard for, like, an independent person. They usually just make films or short films, right? Like, yeah. stuff like that. That's usually what I gravitate more toward in, like, online content.
0: Mm-hmm. There's also the added difficulty of it being more of a commitment versus, like, a short film where it's like, okay, you have, mm-hmm. you have the short film... You film it, you're done. Whereas, like a, a web series, you're basically being like, okay, we're gonna film X amount of episodes, and if it does well enough, we'd like to do another season with the exact same characters and actors. Uh, and so it's kind of like a way bigger commitment. So you have to make sure that everybody yeah. involved is like actually passionate about it and will actually stay on through that, maybe through contracts or something. Mm-hmm. But usually, the implication is like, okay, well, if you're making like a web series, then it. You probably don't have like that high of a of like a budget for it in the first place um, yeah mm. uh, oh, what is it called Joss Whedon's uh, Neil Patrick Harris one what was it called dr. Doctor, dr. Doctor, dr. Doctor horrible sing-along blog that was a web series that you can basically watch as a movie you can buy it on blu-ray well, Felicia was Day good, was in that one too it? yeah Um, it's great it's awesome really catchy music Nathan awesome. Fillion's in it it's really funny Definitely watch oh,
2: that. Yeah, maybe I've seen some of that, actually. Yeah,
0: it's like under an hour, everything added together. I think it was like three episodes that were like 20, 15, 20 minutes long. Mm. Uh, but I think that was created like during the writer's strike or something. It was like in 2008. There was something Speaking going of on.
2: the writer's strike, The Toothpaste Eater asks, how does the context of a film affect your rating, such as what year the film was, or for example, if you found out Charlie Kaufman wrote Transformers 2? Would you consider it a satire of American culture? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's an interesting
2: <laughs> question.
0: At the end, there. The
2: thing is, for me, like, I, if Charlie Kaufman's creative vision was at all associated with Transformers Two, it would just be a different movie. Like it just wouldn't be the same.
0: If if you told me yeah. that Harmony Korine wrote and directed Transformers 2, then I'd be like, yeah, it's a satire. <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah. would be the person where I'd be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, it's almost an now. unintentional
2: satire when it's directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, Transformers 2 is so yeah. funny. It's so terrible.
0: My God. It's fucking awful. I they didn't have a it. script. <laughs> they
1: made it up as they went along.
0: <laughs> yeah, like Gaspar where no is love yeah except way more elaborate <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean the older a film is you have to understand the limitations at the time um so especially you know talking about something like tarkovsky's stalker even if there are some moments where it's like okay that's kind of a bad sound effect or like ralph said you could see the the string on the glass or something like that I, I would say I'm, like, pretty forgiving the further back in time you go, Um, but you also have to, I guess, consider just how much of a focus these things are and how much someone would be aware of at the time what these technical limitations are. Because Tarkovsky's Stalker was created in a way where, you know, he probably was very aware that if you had, like, a bunch of nonsense spectacle and a bunch of special effects that it probably wouldn't age well. That's not to say that he would have made the film that way if he could. But, um, you know, you look at Mm -hmm. films like from the 2000s that are just so CG heavy or even today where, you know, it's not going to age well. And, you know, from the 2000s, it's already evidence that it didn't. I think you need to have some sort of restraint and level of control as a director to be able to understand like, okay, even if this is acceptable for right now, like acceptable. Maybe, you know, think think about how much of the focus of the film those things should be, I guess.
1: Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. th- like, very smart directors think that way. They think about how their films are going to last mm-hmm. and, like, th- if this effect is going to hold up or not. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, to me, the the context is 50% of the equation. I tend to assess things based on the context and intent more than anything what i perceive the intent to be from the information available but the the context as you say is huge of course you're going to treat a film from the 50s different to one made today you know like Mm. we've how many times have we on this very show gone back to these older movies and attributed them for creating these trends and Mm -hmm. inspiring so many different filmmakers and it might not connect in the same way now which is important to know but you have to you have to take in, into account the circumstances in which it was made you know and the time frame it was like yeah. stalker was made years ago at this point
0: es- escape from tomorrow is so much more interesting of a movie because it was filmed guerrilla style in Disneyland without their permission right <laughs> so yeah. like it's not the same movie without the context of the movie really exactly like if it was a big studio thing where they got permission and it turned out to be the same it wouldn't i I mean i wouldn't like it as much it's it's kind of the story about the film in a way but i think that's kind of what films are in a sense they tell the story about the filmmakers if it's a good personal film or yeah and that's
2: exactly why the the context of these like disney live action remakes bothers me to my core because it isn't displaying any kind of voice or anything like that or The context is just we're remaking your nostalgia. Just plug in the nostalgia algorithm. Woo. Yeah.
1: No personality. Yeah.
2: Yep. Well, the context is, yeah, the bottom line. We need to chase numbers higher. Yeah. Did you watch Mulan or no? I did. I did actually. No I, over the course of three <laughs> days, it took me. It's a two-hour movie. It's really nice. days. I watched. I watched one hour. Then I had God. to take a break. Watched half an hour. And, t- and then the day after that, I watched the last half an hour. It was. Why are fucking they always painful.
0: longer now, too? Why are they like these movies are they, originally? They all like a, an hour They, and they and all do the exact same show, right? thing.
2: They all add about thirty minutes no of the reason. same type of content. It's just pointless exposition, and they like they think they're being really clever by going to the original <laughs> and being like, "Oh, what's like something we missed out explaining for five minutes?" Yeah, and wink, does just no, add none. that, just like <laughs> in the most like obnoxious, least stylistic or creative way. Or it's just like two people stood on a green screen, like remember that time? Well, it was, <laughs> actually it's actually usually the we're not so different, you and I, are yeah. we? Type <laughs> shit.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Great. No, thanks. (laughs) All right. um, Want to do one more? Let's end on this one from Angus0314. People always toss around phrases like, insert director name here, is the next Stanley Kubrick. Do you think there are any directors working today who would actually be considered the second coming of someone like Kubrick or Spielberg, etc.? Or do you think it's a stupid statement slash comparison that's brought up way too often?
3: Yeah,
1: it's stupid. Yeah. I fall into the Kubrick is of his time. There's no Kubrick because like a director coming up being a photographer like that and then in the 70s making all these genre films in 80s that like he he added that like uh, more art director kind of approach to genre movies. And like yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen again anytime soon. You could say Christopher Nolan is like that. Like the way he he like, you know, takes these genre films and reinvents them and adds a lot of personality to them. Um, I always feel like I'm watching something very original, but like Christopher Nolan is just his own guy. Yeah, You know, I think it's more just like a marketing thing they could say to put in the trailer. Yeah. Because it sounds yeah, like yeah, a well, <laughs> magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's definitely a compliment. Like I'd say like Kubrick is, or, or Nolan is Kubrick-esque, <laughs> something like that. It just seems redundant to me. It's <laughs> yeah. like,
2: what are the chances of, uh, the, I mean, the chances are just ridiculously high of a filmmaker being inspired by Hitchcock, Kubrick, and Spielberg. Yeah, exactly. Which, like, everyone's compared to anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah, everyone was him. saying M. Knight's the new Spielberg. It's so like, what do you mean? I, I
0: was going to say that Christopher Nolan feels <laughs> very Kubrick-inspired. Not necessarily an yeah. overall, like, tone of his films, but, like, a lot of the practical stuff going on, you know? like Yeah. The pure cinema approach. Is, like just a love letter to, to 2001. I would oh. say Yorgos Lanthimos yeah. is very Kubrickian also. Like yeah, his previous uh-huh. two films are are getting oh, the really, really like getting Barry there Lyndon. in tone for sure, and also in yeah. in like cinematography. Like in um, the killing of a sacred deer, there were a lot of shots in that movie where I was like, "This feels like this reminds me of some shots in Kubrick movies." Like nothing like mm-hmm. incredibly mm-hmm. complex, but just like the way that things are like framed above characters' heads at points, and like the long hallway kind of shot. Um, Yeah, there's, I I love Yorgos Lanthimos a lot. So if anybody, out of all the directors today that I would say are the most Kubrickian, I would say him. But that's really just like in terms of what the films look and feel like at this point, but not given their, you know, he's not going to have the same cultural impact. Mm. He's not going to, he's not like inventing things as he's going along, (laughs) which is Mm -hmm. important for Kubrick because he's in that time period. You can't just shift it to today and have the same thing.
1: Yeah. Jonathan Glazer took inspiration too, for like Under the Skin. Yeah. People were saying that was very Kubrick inspired also. I remember that, Nat. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, Kubrick's impact on cinema, that's hard to replicate and that's hard for anyone to predict when you just see like one film from a director.
2: But mm-hmm. is there anyone who like that's their main goal? They go into filmmaking to be the next Kubrick? Is it not do you <laughs> not go into filmmaking to tell your own stories and Use the influence of the storytellers you've always loved to help tell your own. Is they want to be as whole... great
1: as Kubrick, maybe.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like respected, maybe on the same level. Yeah, but like, respect what, uh, can't be. A, yeah, that's a, a Can't high be bar Kurosawa to
1: or any of these guys, Tarkovsky. Yeah.
0: yeah, I wonder if Nolan <laughs> thinks of himself in that way. <laughs> it's a little I, weird, wonder that, I wonder if that. I wonder if that's him. like in his. Goals. Also, these
1: guys were kind of jerks. Like Tarkovsky, <laughs> was you know what he did was not right to his crew. Kubrick was a jerk <laughs> to Shelley Duvall. Like these guys, yeah. you know, you're inspired by their work. Maybe I don't want to be the next Kubrick in that way. And yeah, the next big jerk in cinema.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can you be quiet, Shelley? Like, like I would never.
2: It's Who's going to be the next me? M Night? That's my question. Oh my
0: god. There's a, there's a lot of like mini versions of M Night, but no, none have none have been the the entire
2: picture. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> too unique. His next movie is going to deal with time travel, apparently. Oh, yeah. Kind of oh, I don't know right. much about it at all. But <laughs> now, it's like now it's a trend. It's starting to bother all yeah. the
1: time travel stuff. I forgive Nolan again, because he's always done time shit. It's yeah, yeah. he all he's ever done. <laughs> yeah. But now it's getting a little absurd.
0: <laughs> it's called Old. The poster says, <laughs> old. A new trip from writer-director M. Night Shyamalan. It's only I a trip. matter of time. Yeah, July twenty twenty one. Has
2: he described his movies as a trip before?
0: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's it's really weird he's, on the poster. Are his movies <laughs> trippy?
2: Uh, uh, um... <laughs> a nude trip. Yeah, we'll, we'll see on that one. A, but M Night seems
1: like a like a nice guy. Oh yeah, I'm sure he's <laughs> a lovely guy. So I want to be M Night in that way. Yeah, be a nice person. Yeah. All right.
0: <laughs> Ralph wants to be the next M Night Shyamalan. You that's heard it right. here. <laughs> Let's just hope he's a nice person. You uh, never know. Yeah, you, you really do never know. I mean, let's just hope. Yeah. All right. I think that, that about does it. We'll. Yeah, that's the end so. of our show. Perfect. Um, Alex, you have a film
1: to recommend to us, and I'm excited to hear. So, so
2: should I reveal the guest first sure. or the movie first?
0: Oh, is there a guest? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh. we're doing a guest yeah <laughs> there is a guest right i'm not just yeah, i, I yeah, didn't yeah. just
2: make that up but yeah so next episode we're going to be joined by a very special guest that being cosmonaut variety hour and this film has nothing like to do with him specifically or or anything like that but i've chosen the 1984 film directed by peter Himes called 2010 the year we made contact. Oh my god! The sequel to 2001. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> I've never seen that. <laughs> me I've neither.
2: I've always seen that poster and been like, "What the fuck is this film? <laughs> how do you make a sequel to 2001?" First of all.
0: Ah, uh, this should be. And I good. think
2: like John is in it. It's it's like it's a significant production, I think, from from how it looks. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see what it's going to shape up as, and I'll use this as a chance to rewatch 2001 as well, probably. It's cool. Okay.
0: Talk about Kubrick. Cool. Uh, it's it's nominated for five Oscars.
2: Yeah. Oh, wait, is it supposed to be like really good or something? Oh,
0: I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't have a I great... Have no <laughs> I, I have like no idea. I have no
2: idea what the read is on, on the movie. I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk I, about I, it. I would never argue
0: that being nominated for five Oscars means a movie's supposed to be good. I would never <laughs> argue that. <Fuck.
2: laughs> yeah. Yeah, true.
0: They all seem to be the technical <laughs> ones, too mm-hmm
1: so maybe it'll okay. be technically very well done i just or hope it's not like really
2: really boring
1: yeah. <laughs> it's a sequel to 2001 so it's got a hard act to follow
2: yeah true yeah just a strange thing that like mm. that exists that i just haven't yeah. heard anyone really talk about so yeah i will definitely want
0: i don't know if discussion. i ever would have watched this without you thank easy. you alex <laughs> I've always wanted to. to, I just to keep it. forgetting about it you know, Yeah, no, no that's one, really talks one about of those
2: You just forget yeah. it
0: exists Yeah, nobody <laughs> talks about it <laughs> yeah. It certainly exists Alright, so if you don't want to be spoiled for 2010 The year we make contact uh, Check it out before the next episode These episodes come out every two weeks uh, You can listen to them early If you go to sardonicast.com Sign up for premium, $2 a month. You'll get these as they're edited. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast. Also, we got merch links in the descriptions. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. That was a good yeah. ah, good discussion. Thank, good thank movies, you for listening. Uh, Der every time. Plunt.
3: Der
1: Plante! How was
0: that? Oh, my God. You that sounded was... like you were 90 years old. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's, oh, that's yeah. kind of what It's oh. my, it's t- that's my, it's my. You said, t- you said it like it. you were trying to to haunt in a Christmas Carol. You're like one of the ghosts of Christmas
2: past. <laughs> we are close to Halloween guys so. Oh, I guess yeah. so.
0: Dup. De... I, yeah, I had it. I had it at the beginning <laughs> of the episode.
1: Duplant.
0: There we go. We got it back.
1: Get your Sardonicus merch. word it on
3: Halloween. Yeah. Take care. Bye, everybody.
1: Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye, -bye. Bye, everyone.